What's up, everybody? Welcome to the world's best podcast with Jack and Reno. I'm Jack. And I'm Reno. And we're two dudes in our mid-20s who don't know shit, but are doing our best to figure this life thing out. We are so glad to have you along for the ride. Let's get it fired up! What's going on, everybody? Reno and I have a great episode in store for you today. We talk about the woke culture in the U.S. and some of the problems that we have with it and some of the second and third order effects and problems we think this kind of thinking can cause. Hope you enjoy the episode. What's going on? What up, dude? How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good, dude. We should. Uh, I got a topic I want. Let's do it. The woke culture in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I think it's a very small percentage of people that are truly like, like I think there's major issues with it, and I think that it's a very small percentage of people that are causing all these issues. But uh, I think it is one of the scariest things in society right now. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about it. And maybe I'm just being a total idiot. But uh, you only find that out when you say the idiot stuff, though. When you, have, you know what I mean? That's what we're doing. You only yeah. find out if you're an idiot by, telling, by saying what you think. And then you wait for people to either tell you you're being an idiot or not. <laughs> so I'll give you my, uh, my thousand-foot level concern. It's basically mm-hmm. that you have these people that are so – concerned with uh with uh equality for all right and it's not like a like there's 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 two types of equality right there's a quality of opportunity which is a mm-hmm. very good and noble goal and mm-hmm. then there's a quality of outcome where it's mm-hmm. just everybody ends up with the same result and mm-hmm. i think that there's this there's this you see it happening with these people that are so obsessed with identity politics and basically are so obsessed with dividing you into whatever subgroups that you represent. Like if you're a white, heteronormative, heterosexual, heteronormative male, or if mm-hmm. you're um, a black lesbian woman, or you're, they just, you know, they, they, they just divide everybody into these groups mm-hmm. and then basically talk about your privilege as whatever groups you're a part of. Right. Mm-hmm. And the major issue, and I think that it, is a major problem mm-hmm. because it essentially it takes out the individuality of people of the U.S. Mm-hmm. and it's like that's kind of what like the West I think figured out is just really putting the emphasis on the individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is is if you give if you only so like for example so they're like a lot of topics you'll only let people that are part of the group be the ones talking about it. Right. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. the issue is, is I think you, we've seen a culture now, especially like in the universities where you have these social sciences, which have just become, um, like in like, and like whole like papers and stuff that are studied and quote unquote peer reviewed, but are Mm -hmm. really just like a marching of a political agenda. Mm -hmm. And they put the conclusion, which the conclusions already been established. And Mm -hmm. then they just only take data that, matches their conclusion instead of mm-hmm. looking at things holistically 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a huge problem. And you're seeing people get fired for shit they shouldn't get fired for. Like mm-hmm. the guy that was with, uh, I can't remember, was with Washington Post or New York Times, basically had something that went against a little bit against the grain. Uh, there was a guy at Google that wrote the letter and he got mm-hmm. fired, basically saying like he felt like the, um, that like it was, uh, that Google was discriminating, uh, like in favor of like all these minorities. And mm-hmm. it just wasn't the thing. Yeah, can I put some more extra clarity on that from what I know? Okay, so here's what I remember from that letter is basically what he said was, and whether or not people agree with this or not, but basically what he said was um, at Google, there's a huge pressure to have more female uh, computer science engineers, is basically. And so so when through the hiring process, they wanted more female engineers and it was was, uh, very focused that way. And so, and then if you were, and then basically if you were a company that, had a majority male engineers that was a problem it was the idea and so then he basically wrote the letter from what i understand from the letter basically said well i think the issue because i think the disparity is not because of sexism or because of society i think the reason there's more men in computer science is because more men are interested in computer science as opposed to women and then in there i think he stated you know if you look at the teaching industry there's more women that are in teaching industry or nursing industry, the men, it's not because of sexism, it's because of interests in that area. And I remember he got, he got blown up and people flipped out on that letter. Yeah. And that's a huge issue. That's like, that's like another one of the points. It's like, so if you look at the, and if you look at the countries that have the most, uh, like the, the highest preponderance to have like huge differences in gender for different professions it's mm-hmm. the countries that are the most like the most progressive in terms of equality of the sexes like all the scandinavian countries just have like ridiculous extremes of certain professions being one gendered and so to like mm-hmm. like but to me what that implies is like when you give the people the freedom to choose genders are just choosing different careers and mm-hmm. i don't know why that's an issue i don't I, know why that's an issue i don't think it is I mean, now here's 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 where I think people. I, here's where I think we got messed up. Here, where we diverged from the right path is so at some point. So you remember Nancy Squires, teacher at Oregon State. Yes. She was like the most badass teacher. She, she was passed unfortunately. Awesome. I think last year, or this year, or something. I think it was this year, but mm-hmm. she was amazing. She was part of like the missile defense program for the United States. She's a professor. Just amazing. Well, she talked about how when she went to when she was getting her education uh, for mechanical engineering originally when she was in uh, going to to get her bachelor's, she tells a story of teachers, multiple teachers that, that they would talk to her and say, I don't care how well you do in this class. I'm not passing you because I'm not passing uh, a female uh, an engineer. I will not allow a female to become an engineer. See, and that's fucked up. That's that, fucked up. That's fucked up. And that and that individual is wrong in so many ways. What they're doing is absolutely wrong, and they should not be in a position of authority where they can enforce their fucked up beliefs. And that's on that individual. And I think there used to be more individuals that were doing that. And then you had basically these protests against it where it was for women empowering and getting more women in engin- engineering. And that was awesome. And then I think what happened is people got, I think what we're starting to see with the woke culture is people start attacking any area where there is a difference in um, how many men or women are in a field. 
Well, let's be clear. Let's be clear. It's because it's it's very much more. It's attacked when there's more men in the field, and it's very yeah. specific field because nobody's complaining that men make up like ninety eight percent of coal miners or oil rigs. <laughs> yes. We are adv- advocating for equality at those jobs. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. So let's <laughs> no. just so this it's it's where it starts to show agenda like where agenda starts to become clear because they're not like oh we need fifty percent men on the oil fields. Nobody yeah. says that. No, yeah, no. So that's such a good point. I never even thought of that. They only, yeah, it's only argue about certain certain fields. But yeah. So anyway, my long story short, my point is that I think it started with this intention to balance out the workforce and make it fair and equal for both genders. I think started out with well, really, really good intentions, and it was and did a lot of really good, made a lot of really good progress. And I think more recently, it stopped making good progress and started to get into. Um, just a bad thought chain, I guess. And I think I think where that comes from is right. So what what was what happened to Nancy is that's wrong, right? Like you mm-hmm. should never be there. You should never be denied something because of your gender. Like if you want to pursue it, it should absolutely be welcomed, encouraged, and allowed. And even though maybe it's rare that somebody from your gender wants it, it should like be like it's it doesn't matter. It's like the like we need to as a society be like okay, yeah, like. Um, a woman wants to do it, great, all in. You know, you need to be mm-hmm. supportive of anyone that's to do it, regardless mm-hmm. of their background. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, or I guess, hmm, at least not judging based on their, uh, based on their demographics. And it should be entirely skill-based judging, right? Like, mm-hmm. if a woman shows up to engineering and she's just like not competent, then like it needs to be. You got to be like, hey, you're not cut out for this. But mm-hmm. like it's judged on competency, not gender. Mm-hmm. Same thing mm-hmm. you would do with an equal uh, able male. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But the problem is, is you get these, what the, what this woke left doing. And again, it's not like all of the left. It's just, it's this like mm-hmm. small loud group. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Like that are, it's the same thing. Like you see it on the right too. Like you've got like the fringe group, like the proud boys on the right that are just make a terrible name for the entire Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, and it's the same thing with these people, like way on the far left. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 only reason I I go after them more than the very fringe right is because they are essentially controlling the media right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the difference between what happened to Squires and like advocating and stopping that, which is a good thing to do, and then what the motion is now is like now they're saying it's like you want they want to set outcome quotas, mm-hmm. like. Uh, for example, Justin Trudeau just said, uh, we need 50% of our parliament to be women. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's fucking stupid. Not because, like, you shouldn't have half women, but it's like, your job isn't to, like, pick and choose based on gender. It's to just c- select the most competent people that are there. Yeah. And, like, whatever right. the demographics come up are the demographics that come up. But it's not, yeah. but it's not, uh, but when you set a quota, it's just lazy. And you're just mm-hmm. like, if, if you're that's displacing lazy. people that are more qualified, to get somebody else mm-hmm. in that's less qualified, especially when you're running the country, mm-hmm. it's like not a good solution. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe it comes out and it's eighty percent women. That's fine too. Maybe it comes out mm-hmm. and it's eighty percent men. That's fine. But the, you can't when you set these quotas, it's no good. Or another example, like in engineering, if you say, okay, you're a company and you're you're hiring engineers, and you need to hire fifty percent female engineers, but only ten percent of the engineers that are graduating are women. It's mm-hmm. like. Well, just because you have a smaller pool to pull, pull from on mm-hmm. the women's side, 
you're going to have on average, uh, they're going to be worse than the men because mm-hmm. whereas, you know, th- those 10% of the women are probably fairly evenly distributed across the skill level of engineers. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but if you can only, gra- but you're only selecting from 10% mm-hmm. and, uh, as opposed to 90%, there's going to be a smaller amount of women that are near the top that you can pick from and you'll have to make sacrifices sooner. Mm-hmm. So it's like your representation should be proportional. Like if you're going to make a quota, which I don't think mm-hmm. you should at all, it should be at least be proportional to what the statistics are of people graduating with that in that field are. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think you touched on a good point of it's of, a lazy solution. And I think it, you're not looking for the root cause problem. And I feel this way about a lot of things where they say, uh, <clears throat> you know, people are racist and that's why this is happening. Like an example, not to change the subject too much, um, but for example, like I've been doing more research on um, how about the difference between uh, white and then black uh, arrests, crimes and convictions. Right. And how because that's I mean, very that's very topical for what we're talking about right now. And so you could look at it and a statistic that blew my mind. Um, and this is from the Department of Justice Statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be very clear about that, that. That's my source, because I want to challenge myself to not state numbers that I do not know the, the legitimate source of because that happens way too much mm-hmm. and it confuses everyone. So this is from the Department of Justice Statistics. Uh, one in three black men will um, see jail time and one in 17 white men will see jail time. Now, you could look at that and if you looked at no other information, you could look at that and go, oh, well, the system is racist and the cops are racist because there's more arrests of black men. And then and then so you say, we'll get rid of police or or get or or, you know, or punish more arrests or, or increase your quota of arresting white men, for instance. No one's ever yeah, said like that. For, every, ridiculous. for everyone. Yeah, exactly. For but that that falls the same logic. Every chain. white man, you have to you have to arrest a black man or vice versa, you know? Right. Like some ridiculous thing like that. It's like, OK, what you've done there is you've been lazy about your solution and you've identified the wrong cause. And now the issue is you've instead because what happens if you don't well, you didn't even identify solve, a cause you just you just like bandaided the problem yeah you just well you just guessed at what a cause was you called it racism You're like well that's the cause racism and so basically what you tried to do is you tried to eliminate the cause but what the problem is you've created another problem now you have two problems because you never solved the first problem and so it's just it's it's the problem is that it's laziness you have to look at Okay, let's look at what the real problem is. And it's not easy. So, and I understand how people would say, well, we got to take action now. We can't wait till we finally find the right solution. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's you need to take the time to find the right solution. Even if people are begging for change, you have to say, listen, if we do this wrong, it will fundamentally fuck up our society even worse. We have to find the root cause of this problem and we got to do it right. Because if you have time to do it right, you need to, if you have time to mess it up, you have time to do it right. Because if you mess it up, it's going to take even more time to fix it. And the second and third order effects can be even worse a lot of times. And it's like, and it's like, I think what you're saying is like, the biggest thing is, is, uh, there are statistics that in isolation are alarming. Mm-hmm. Like the one in three black men seeing jail time versus one in 17 white men is just alarming. And that's Mm -hmm. just, that is just terrible to hear. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be changed. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you go, 
what but then you have to ask what is then you have to really look at it and figure out why is this happening mm-hmm. why is this happening mm-hmm. and and the answer to that question isn't so obvious and it takes mm-hmm. i think a lot of thought and effort and when you just make these mm-hmm. blanket solutions it's like you're not like yeah exactly like you said you're not really you're not addressing this uh problem or just setting quotas it's like mm-hmm. it's like treating um it's like only treating disease by managing the symptoms mm-hmm. it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really fix it you know mm-hmm. like yeah it makes maybe feel better about it for a little bit but like longer term you're just you're still just as fucked up or even worse mm-hmm. than you were before mm-hmm. you know like it's like you'd start taking a med to solve one problem and then like that medication causes a side effect you don't like so you start taking a second medication for the side effect mm-hmm. and then those like have long-term problems like with your liver and then it's like you know you never really address the problem at its source or mm-hmm. really figured out what was going on to get a solution mm-hmm. and had you done it that way it might have been more difficult and taken some more time but long term it would have been so much better mm-hmm. and it's, well, do- it's yeah go ahead well here well, so i'm just gonna throw another statistic at you that um, cause I'm agree. You have to, you have to find the, you have to find long-term solution. You got to find the root cause and think about this. Here's where you get a problem with the, the woke left cherry picking racist statistics or sexist statistics. Cause they cherry pick them and say 84% of engineers are men. They go, that's a problem. It's because of sexism. Well, 93% of inmates are male. Is that because the justice system is sexist? Cause 93% of inmates being male is a pretty alarming number if you left it by itself and you did no other research. Yeah, so should we go arrest women until it's equal? Yeah. It's like, well, of course not. Yeah, there's a, a reason. solution. Yeah, you look at the, you look at the re- there's a reason that that statistic exists. And then you need to look at actually solving the problem in a more nuanced way and solving it locally because I'm actually not a fan also, at all. The, yeah, the, a statistic like that like, like the fact that ninety three percent of men in jail and it's in seven percent of women, like you don't need to fix that number. That's not a problem. Like that's just that makes sense based on the fact that like uh, if you look at the if you look at the aggression levels of men and women, there's a more overlap than there is not. Right? Like there, mm-hmm. it's like they say. I think Jordan Peterson quoted this and he said, if you take a random man and a random woman, it's like sixty percent of the or sixty percent of the time the male will score higher than the woman and 40% of the time, the female will score, score higher on the aggression scale. Mm-hmm. But if, but it's a, like a, uh, it's a bell curve, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, or it's an, it's like a standard distribution. And so what the problem is, is men the, and the men's curve is like flatter. So men really stack up at the extremes. So like mm-hmm. when you get to the top 1% of all people, mm-hmm. of aggressiveness, which is the inmates, basically mm-hmm. it's all males. There's no mm-hmm. females over there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just on, on the personality traits, just because their bell curve is a little flatter and they're skewed a little bit to the right. So when you get to the highest extremes, it's just all males. So mm-hmm. therefore it makes sense. Yeah. All males are in prison. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like all males in prison. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, it's not a problem. Right. You don't need to fix that just because there's a gap. It's like, we don't need to like equality outcome is not the goal. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you gets a great point. And if you should, if you really care, you should be lowering the overall percentage of people that go to jail. And by lowering the percentage of people that fall into crime, right? You, that's the problem you should solve. Well, how about we start figuring out why we have so many criminals? 
And why so many people are in jail? Let's figure that out and then lower that, you know, percentage. Not just jump at a statistic and go, well, this is not, this is unequal. We got to do some blanket solution. Like, dude, here's another one for you. I went through this so at work, we had to go through this unconscious bias training. And I just, I was like, this is going to be such a dumb thing because I knew that my company just wanted us to go through it for basically uh, legal purposes. Because I knew it was just like, I, I guarantee. Yeah, I it covers their ass. Like if somebody comes ass. in and sues, it's like, well, we've taken these steps. So it's mm-hmm. clearly the employee's fault because they didn't listen and exactly. we did training. So, yeah. I just, listen, the people that run my company, I'm sure they're great and they're good people. But I really, I really do not think they were like, it would increase sales and make us such a better company if we had this training. Like, I guarantee it was just for the legal purposes. But in there, most of it, I was actually surprised. Most of it was good because it talked about the science behind unconscious bias and how, if you're aware of it, it can help you. In this, in, in, but it, you know, outside of the of the, I mean, their argument was unconscious bias towards race and sex. But I think if you're aware of your unconscious bias throughout other aspects of your life, I think it can help you in making decisions. So I was actually surprised. Most of it was good, but the biggest part right off the bat that put me in the worst tone is they literally she literally says um what was it 80 uh, of, of the fortune 100 companies you know of the fortune 500 companies 50 or 80 percent of them are run by men and this is because of unconscious bias yes oh my god i know i know it's, it's like so, it's so so misguided uh, <laughs> that's well, and, not and, why and, that is that's also what they use to like define what they use to define that it's a patriarchy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like you're looking at such a small percentage of the men in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So to say it's like universally male dominated because of the very small percentage of the men that made it into these positions is mm-hmm. just like it's just crazy because it's like well, men clearly have the advantage because they're make up the CEOs, they're people in power. It's like well, yeah, but then like also like ninety eight, it's it's like uh, men are. I don't know the exact number, but men are substantially more likely to commit suicide than women are. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're more likely to suffer from depression. Um, mm-hmm. It's like they're it's like they're more likely to uh, work these extremely hard labeled jobs, like the oil field. They're so much more likely to die in a war. Um, mm-hmm. There's just there's there's so many things, and I'm not I'm not ad- saying that men's existence is worse than females by any sense i just think it's a wildly bold claim to look at the one demographic of the like they'll look at the leaders in society and see that they're males and suggest that that's because for thousands of years men have been oppressing women and taking control of society and then like mm-hmm. basically saying women have had no influence over society in the last like mm-hmm. 2000 years or whatever it is mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. it's just been run by men and they've just been doing the bidding of men it's like that's the, it's just the most absurd it's the most absurd thing. It's just the most absurd thing. It's absurd. It's abs- it, well, it's absurd. It's like, let's look, let's just, if you want, so if you see that as a problem, okay, let me, let's just, let's talk about this. So let's talk about if we want to, if you see that as a problem and we go about solving it, let's look, at, let's look at this. Okay. You say it's sexism and unconscious bias that has caused that. How do we measure who is sexist and to what degree they are sexist? How do we measure that? Well, you're going to go out in a poll and you're going to talk to everybody's close friends and figure out who is more sexist and in mm-hmm. what way they're sexist and measure their unconscious bias. How are you going to measure that? 
And then what are you going to do? Because in my experience, the only way that you solve an ism, sexism, racism, the only, in my experience and from what I've read, it's a one-on-one in-depth conversation with that person to change their mind. It's a, yeah, or, it's not, or personal experiences that like make them eat their words, you know, like mm-hmm. if, if all of a sudden you're, you think women aren't capable of anything and then, and then like, if you're, a, it's, and then, a, and then a woman shows up that's just like, do you think there's, do you think a woman's like not capable of being an engineer and then all of a sudden a woman shows up to your company and she's just fucking kicking ass. It's mm-hmm. like, that'll cause you to, that'll force you to reflect mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I'm, I'm misguided about this. Mm-hmm. Wow, they, I just, I did not, I underestimated her and it was entirely mm-hmm. because of her sex and I shouldn't mm-hmm. have ever done that. And mm-hmm. it's like, those are the things that, you know, that's, that's how you, you, you kind of fix that. But it's like, but it's like, just because there's a, there's a statistical, de- like, there's a statistical, um, there's a, there's a, there's a, one gender is represented more than the other in certain fields. It's like s- shouting sexism. It's not, all, that's not, that's not why always. It's not, the, it's not, yeah, it's not why. It's not why always, right? I'm not going to, I will never ignore it's the not fact never that there why, are. But like yeah. right now, especially in the Western world, I mean, it's, I'm sexism still exists for sure. Not denying that, but it's like, especially when you look at the Scandinavian countries and how they have the biggest gaps between, uh, or like the biggest demographic, uh, it's like significant differences between jobs where it's all women versus all men, mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. It's like, to me, that shows just the personality difference. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's such a bad thing. I don't know why. I don't know why it's such a bad thing. If everybody, let, I say, let everybody do the jobs they want to do. And if you can, if you're, if you're able to do, and you can prove that you're good at that job and someone's willing to hire you for that job, it's like, I get that. And if you, and I, and also here's what I think about, about solving sexism, racism, that stuff needs to be done person to person with individual action. And you need to take personal responsibility and agency in order to solve that on at your local, in the literal sense of the term. Like you meet someone who they, they start saying things that are kind of sexist or racist you and you and you understand that then you have conversations with them and you and you prove why their conclusion is a wrong conclusion but you have to do that on a person to person individual basis and take responsibility for it and it is in my opinion cowardly to turn to the law or especially the federal government and then say get rid of racism it's like no the way you solve that is individual action not a tweet not virtue signaling, you being a genuine good person and being willing and open to have a conversation to the other person to change their mind. And you don't have to do that. You could let them keep on being sexist or whatever. But if you want and to also, change, you it's take like, responsibility. It's like, see, the, 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 see, even with that approach, the, the, where I would just play devil's advocate a little bit, it's like, the, 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 like I could see a counter argument. It's like, if somebody is actually racist i mean it's rarely going to manifest themselves and then like being overtly mm-hmm. racist you know like they're not going to tell you like i just hate black people you know that's mm-hmm. or at least i mean i've never come across anyone that's ever said that you know mm-hmm. or i just hate women like that's i've never come across something that's racist in that way mm-hmm. um it's like 
they don't wear a t-shirt like, that says it's, it. Yeah, like, like, like it's like maybe they have that thought in their head. But again, it's like how do you identify who has that, who who believes that way, right? And then who gets to decide who's more racist than another? And then who gets to decide which groups are the less privileged and should be like getting mm-hmm. more rights? It's just mm-hmm. there's it's it's such a complex problem. It's like you just it needs to be on the level of the individual again. Like it needs to just like you just need to give the individuals freedom, and just, you got to mm-hmm. stop with this this group identity thing. And mm-hmm. like, um, it's just, it's, uh, it's tough because here's, what's really, here's another thing that's really frustrating about the whole woke left PC culture is that is the blatant denial of facts and evidence that, mm-hmm. uh, or, against them so for example mm-hmm. there was the group of people there was one of them was from portland state university i can't remember the other two are from but you know they published a series of fake studies that they did mm-hmm. all based like all in like the humanities and gender studies right mm-hmm. and these studies were the most ridiculous things that you'd ever read right mm-hmm. and just like were clearly not real and they did like 20 of them in a year or something like that mm-hmm. and it was like they managed to publish like 12 of them. One of them won an award and you read these oh studies God. and it was like, they were just, they were absurd. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, one of the ones that didn't get published was like talking about the struggles of like sexuality of like black lesbians or something, but it was written by a white male. And it basically said, this is, and oh, it basically was like saying how like their sexuality was because of like the oppressive patriarchy. And then that's why they couldn't explore their sexuality. And it was written by a white male and the feedback they got was, Hey, this is an amazing article and we love it, but we can't actually publish it because your demographics don't fit what we need for somebody to publish an article like this. What? Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, they don't see incident. And if, they, and if any evidence comes up that like contradicts this, like very specific lens they have, they don't allow it. So it's like, it's like they've created a like what they're calling science, which I don't believe is science for a second, because they don't allow any uh, contradicting evidence to come to the table at all, and it's just a bubble. It's just mm-hmm. they just they just absolutely deny it, and just like and they'll and then they'll allow evidence through that's faked, like all these people or like mm-hmm. this this group that faked all these studies. They'll allow all that through and give it awards, while um, and it's just. It's so bad because when you don't look at things honestly and truthfully, then whatever conclusions you come to are going to be misguided and mm-hmm. idealized and are going to just have cause way more problems than they solve. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it, it makes me sick that, mm-hmm. that it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's like, it's like, I like, cause the problem is sometimes like they do identify problems correctly, you know, mm-hmm. and there are th- there are a lot of issues in this world. So like, Let's not make up new ones. Let's focus on the ones that actually exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think a big issue with why these why action is taken too rapidly on on um, why why action is taken too rapidly on a a poor conclusion, like as in like as if you know, say it was the 
80% of CEOs in the Fortune 500 are men and why action is taken too quickly on that or something without finding a root, a root cause or even asking the question, is this wrong? Is this a real problem? And I think the issue, I literally, I think it's because of Twitter. I think it is certain social media platforms where these people, where people who are pro- who have might have mental problems, like they might be mentally ill, and they get on Twitter, and now they have a platform, and there's not that many people that really agree with them, but people are so afraid to not agree with them because they're getting fired. Yes, exactly, and you're so then fired everyone for goes standing out against this. Oh, everybody's feeling that we should defund the police or everybody's feeling this way. It's like, no, everybody isn't feeling this way. There are like a handful of people who feel that way because they're mentally. okay. well, I'm not going to make that giant claim, but there are a handful of people that feel that way. And then they have a platform like Twitter and then everyone goes, oh, well, you know, I I don't think it's a good idea, but I don't want to disagree because because then I'll get, you know, I'll lose my job or some real life consequence will happen. And um. And, and so then these people get more power than they should with these with these solutions that aren't well thought out. And so as a society, our, our, our policymakers are literally taking action based on the extreme demands of an extreme left. With with most of us, honestly, probably being in the middle and being like, yeah, I think this is a problem. Let's like really do root cause analysis and figure out how do we yeah, solve this. It is it is such a small it's such a small, it's a very small percentage of people that I think have these fringe beliefs. But yeah, but they, but the problem is they're so passionate and they're so vocal and they won't mm-hmm. let anyone disagree with them. And then like, what will happen is, is, you know, there's there's stories of these groups like somebody disagrees and then they go find their employer, they find ba- like previous tweets, they send them to their employer, and then they like call the mm-hmm. company until somebody gets fired. And it's mm-hmm. like when you allow these mobs to gang up and have power, it's just mm-hmm. it's not okay. It's just not mm-hmm. okay. And it's like, yeah, the, the, then like the, you know, 70, 80% of people that are in the middle on these issues, they, they're like, they're not taking part in the debate. And so you just see these fringe groups doing it and it feels like, and so that's, that's also part of why I think the left and the right are getting so polarized right now. It's because mm-hmm. um, the, the, the conversation that's taking place in most of the like public domains aren't these nuanced uh like difficult to have conversations or Mm -hmm. like you know not they're not like a lot of moderate debaters that are being shown it's like the most extreme people so you're looking at the two most polar opposite groups that are the most vocal and it makes everyone feel like there's this huge divide when really it's like 80 percent of the people are like are just not participating or in the middle or that's what I speculate. Mm-hmm. That's what I speculate. You know, that it's mm-hmm. like things are way less divided than they actually are. And I know that because there'll be people I disagree with. I have a lot of friends that I disagree with uh, politically and we're still friends mm-hmm. and we still get along well. But uh, we have opinions that in the media are like look like the most polar opposite things. Mm-hmm. And then when we start to, and I talk to my friends, it's like, well, we come to a lot of common ground and there's not as mm-hmm. much of a difference as we thought. And a lot of times mm-hmm. the solutions we want are the same. And it's not as big of a deal, but it's like, and shame on the media for fucking exploiting this because yeah, it gets way more mm-hmm. views and, uh, it gets, it gets way more attention in a dying industry, which is like network television, but it's just mm-hmm. like, they're playing for clicks. They're playing for views and they're just driving the controversy and it's fucking mm-hmm. outrageous. It's so mm-hmm. fucking, I, I mean, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> it makes me so angry mm-hmm. that like his journalism 
should be straightforward and honest and non-biased. And then you get just so many headlines out there that are just obviously there to drive um, an agenda or drive the controversy to continue to get clicks. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking mm-hmm. wrong. And it's it's I just I don't know how I don't know how people aren't more outraged by it. And it's not like I'm saying the left does this or the right does this. It's like like CNN is terrible. Fox News is terrible. It's just it's just it's fucking it's it's I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I think there's going to be I think you're seeing it with podcasts is I think we're and, and smaller YouTube channels. I think we're seeing a revolution in journalism and in mm-hmm. entertainment mm-hmm. and news because of that because i think everybody's catching on where they're going you guys are you're you got your companies are bad for us the way you're acting your journalism isn't enlightening it's enraging and that doesn't that's not good we don't need to get everyone so fired up all the time where it's like you have you have you know you have ideas out there like stay mad stay you know stay enraged stay resisting and it's like well if you want to solve a problem you got to get other people on your side and i think that i think that needs to have a higher value i think uh in in people's minds is convincing someone to come to your side and being open to their side as opposed to just believing that they're well they're conservatives or evil or these left or evil people and everything they say is evil because they are evil people and i put them in this box and nice neat little box and so i don't have to challenge my beliefs or my morals because they're evil so everything they say is evil it's like dude that's ridiculous like people people want to be good and everyone starts off for the most part with good intentions you know it's so it, it becomes, and I think that's why you talk about it's so important when you have these conversations with your friends, is because they're your friends, and you get you can kind of sniff out a morally unjust or morally poor person. So if they're your friends and they hold these these contradicting beliefs to you, it kind of makes you go, oh, well, they're good people and they're my friends and they have a contradicting belief. Maybe that contradicting belief isn't terrible. Yeah, maybe it's not immoral. Mm-hmm. Maybe just maybe because they, they disagree with me on this one axis, then maybe I don't have to like disown them. Maybe I don't have to disown them completely, which is like also the most thing. Or fucking a dude. After what one of the things that made me most upset recently was on uh, was after George Floyd, and mm-hmm. then everyone started posting like the silence is violence. Mm-hmm. Like if you weren't speaking out against it, then you were like contributing, and oh, it's like, yeah. and that just made me. And not just that, and like, in like, like uh, my brother was getting texts like, "Oh, dude, hey, I noticed you hadn't posted this yet. Like, what's going on? Like, you should really make this." What? Post. Yeah, and it was like, dude. And it's like, are you serious? It's like, it's like, it's 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 so arrogant to assume that the conclusion you came to, which like. Okay, nobody's you denying come George to Floyd's death was like one of the most fucked up things ever. Like that situation was mm-hmm. so was so bad, and like mm-hmm. I, I just I don't think there's a lot of debate there. But mm-hmm. you know, but the fact that you're not standing up against like all police or uh, making a stand on the bigger issue that exists, right? Which is, mm-hmm. which I think still there's a lot of questions about how to identify what the problem is. Like clearly, situations mm-hmm. like George Floyd should not be happening, and there's a big issue at hand. But it's not, mm-hmm. it's not to me immediately obvious that the issue is 
uh, systemic racism in the police force. That's not mm-hmm. – like maybe that is the case, but that's – I don't think – I think that the problem is far more complex than that. So I'm not immediately going to mm-hmm. jump in and take a side. It's like, mm-hmm. hold on. Let's like take a second and look at this. I never want this to happen again, and if it's it, – like I don't want that to happen, and I don't want it to happen mm-hmm. to anybody. And um, mm-hmm. it's – regardless of the reason, it's clear that uh, the, the black communities are being disproportionately – um, affected by police violence. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean immediately that the police are racist, first off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's like, why are, like, you're not going to turn me against you faster than by telling me if I don't say anything, I'm against you. It's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, well, yeah, and there's a natural human I'm not reaction just jumping on the being told where to go. And scoring yeah, some exactly. moral points in your eyes. Oh, dude, and also... They say silence is violence. Oh, well, what's your, what platform are you speaking up on and how are you speaking up? Oh, you posted something on Instagram? That's, that's what, What's the difference between me not posting it and you posting it? Does that somehow affect the, the actual result of, violent, of policing? Have you done anything besides just stand with some other angry people or post anything on Instagram? Have you done anything besides that? Have you had an individual conversation with anybody you know? Who is a police officer? Or have you had an individual? Have you gone to your city hall meetings? Have you listened and you have you talked to the debate? Have you gone to your local police? Um, what are they called? The police, not sanctum or whatever. The, uh, the what's the office called for the police? The uh, the I don't I don't I don't know what you're yeah poli- uh, uh, well the courthouse. if I had a bigger audience they'd be roasting me for it not the courthouse but where the police just where they work it's their office. They don't work in the courthouse, but they have a they have a different office. But anyway, the police, the office, and have you just come in and be like, "Hey, the you police know, station, can I interview police station?" Jesus, <laughs> I, was, I, I, was like, I was like, "What is he talking about?" <laughs> I can't wait to have a bigger audience, and I just get roasted for how long it took me to come up with the police station. Everyone, everyone knows brain brain farts just come up now and again. I don't yeah. Um. But anyway, so have you gone down to the police station and have you tried to have a conversation? Have you gone down there and be like, hey, you know, this seems like a problem. People are really fired up about it. I'd like, if you don't mind, I'd like to interview a few police officers and, and, see, and get their opinion on it. And the commissioner, if they have time, would get their opinion on it. And then I would like to present this in, in a podcast platform or in a paper platform and a blog post platform or, or, or bring it to be publicized on some, you know, ethical media source. And then add this information and this deliberation to, to the conversation. Have you done any of that? Have you taken actual action? Dude, and like, even no. like to look at it on a bigger scale, it's, it's, there's so many people that are just keyboard warriors mm-hmm. and it's not everybody, but it's like, I'm also, I'm not one to jump in and start fighting these major it's backwards. I think to go out and start fighting these major societal issues without mm-hmm. first like getting your own shit in order. It's like, I have enough mm-hmm. problems like directly within my own life and you can call that selfish, but it's like, it's going to have a way more impact if I can get my own shit in order. And if you don't think mm-hmm. that has an effect, it's like, well, if I get my own shit in order, well, it's like, well then I can support so much of my family to get their shit in order, my friends. So therefore, and then mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you've affected 40 people, they all get better. And each of those 40 people affect 40 people. Now you're at 1600 people whose lives are improved by you getting your own shit in order. And that's like direct mm-hmm. and that's tangible and that's really easy to see. But it's like, mm-hmm. if you're just out there just trying to 
tweet at these big causes, it's like, dude, you're on, you're not even addressing all the the problems that are like, why don't you start with the problems that are within your grasp to fix? And once mm-hmm. you start there and you people and people start to realize they can like depend on you and trust that you're going to get problems done, you'll have more, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, then they'll, the society will trust you with more and more responsibility. So you take on more mm-hmm. responsibility. And then when these major societal issues comes up, come up, not one, you can actually make a difference. And two, you're actually in a position that you've lived enough life that you understand them enough to mm-hmm. actually come up with good solutions and mm-hmm. you get the nuances and you're capable of solving the problem. But it's not like you're not just born with that ability. And to say that everyone mm-hmm. before you is just fucked it up and done it wrong is like the most ignorant. Mm-hmm. It's the most ignorant thing. It's, it's so ignorant and so arrogant to say that it's arrogant. It's like, Oh, I, this is like, obviously the solution. It's like, no, it fucking isn't. No, it fucking <laughs> isn't. It's not obviously the solution. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I, it's, it's like, it's so much more complex that it's just, you're, you're, it's like, and it's not even like you're coming up with a good start. It's like, okay, you want to get rid of all the police. Well, yeah, God, I can't even begin to imagine what could potentially be negative consequences for that. Yeah. Like, well, only well good if that, if that was the true no solution, police. like that's a true solution. You really think you just nailed it. Boom. Yeah. Nailed it. I didn't All these people who, there's, I bet there's a good majority of people who literally just really didn't think about the police or police violence, didn't look at statistics, had no idea it was an issue, and then all of a sudden they're gung-ho about solving this problem. And then they go, let's get rid of the police. And it's like, wow, man, have you have you done anything besides just listen to the mob? Well, have you like – Because then you can look educated, right? And... You read a headline or two and you can be like, oh, yeah, like I get it. Like we're getting rid of the police. And you can jump on board and seem like you're – you know, then it's mm-hmm. just like you can just show everybody. It's like, yeah, look, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm mm-hmm. caught up. I know what's going on in society. Yeah, you it's read like, two New York no, Times you articles. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. I you have no, no idea. You read like an opinion post. In, but it's like it's it's uh, the, the more I've been looking into it, the more I realize I just have no idea. It's just so complicated. Mm-hmm. It's gone. People spent their entire lives fighting, fighting. Uh, but then when you jump on racism. these bandwagons. And then you get the majority of these people in the bandwagon. Then the polit- the politicians, you know, whose primary incentive, not for every single one, but like a lot of them, the ones that are winning anyway. Like if you keep winning, your goal is to get the majority of people to vote for you. So they make start making policies based on these bandwagon uh, mm-hmm. ideas that come along and without mm-hmm. actually looking at the root cause because they want to stay in power. So it's like when you mm-hmm. contribute to these bandwagon things, you it, it ruins our democracy because – Mm-hmm. you're allowing people to get elected based on the fad of the week. Mm-hmm. And that's not, mm-hmm. it's not a good solution. Mm-hmm. Well, and the politicians you're getting are going to be just populists. Yeah. Because and, how uh, else can you win? Dude. So, well, I'll tell you where populism can get really bad. Um, I listened to a 22 hour lecture series on history of Rome, which I, if anyone after reading that, I've, I don't want to be a gatekeeper about it, but like, if I hear someone claim that we are Rome or we're fucking up in the same way Rome is or Rome fell because of this or Rome fell because of their loose immigration policies, I want to know how much Roman history you know. I know. You're like, just like touting somebody else that they read. That's not that I don't it's, do, do that sometimes. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm with a lot of the guys I listen to, but. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you, but people will just like make some wild claim. 
And now where it did happen in the Roman history is at some points they were a republic. It was not a democratic republic, but it was basically all the wealthiest landowners were the republic and they formed a senate and those people made decisions. That can be an issue because uh, we don't get to vote for them. <laughs> They're just the wealthiest people. So it's just like a bunch of monarchs instead of one, essentially. Um, well, eventually it started to form into a democratic republic where you had, you could vote. Like they, it's in some sense, not everyone could obviously, because for one, slavery was way more rampant in the ancient world. <laughs> like you just, you conquered a fellow nation and then you just took all their people. So obviously the people that you just stole, you didn't let them vote. Only citizens, Roman citizens, citizens could vote, things like this. And then they would, um, and then what would they would do is they would buy people tickets to the Colosseum, say, hey, a vote for, you know, Marcus or whatever is a vote for, you know, Colosseum fun. And that's what they would do. They would just stand outside the Coliseum, hand out free tickets to get people's vote. So just so you know, these problems have existed forever. <laughs> um, and then what happened, so now I'm getting sort of to my point, but what happened was, I can't remember who the senator was, but at some point they outlawed all, uh, all swords and knives in Rome, no weapons, and because um, they were having too much violence. And this guy, what he would do is he would, he would say, he get people riled up and turn them into a mob. And he goes, can you believe that Octavius is suggesting this? It will affect, you guys will have no food. And there'll be all these, and they go, oh my God. And then the people who would stand outside the courthouse where they were deliberating, they would take their benches, smash them into bits, and then beat and kill the senators who were disagreeing with their senator. It's as if Nancy Pelosi was speaking and then Mitch McConnell's followers just broke a bunch of benches and then brutally murdered her in front of the rest of the Senate. That is what started to happen. And that was because of populism. So everyone became the best populist because if you weren't, you were killed during your discourse. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the natural selection of politicians, right? It's like, okay, you've mm -hmm. created a system where, yeah, you win by getting the majority votes in your district. And it's like you need to – like the, the, the people that are going to be successful in politics are people that know how to get – 51% of the vote or not quite. You, you don't, or the pl plurality. Yeah, you need the plurality, not the majority, but for simplicity's sake, we'll call it uh, 51%. Right. And so it's mm -hmm. like, whoever can get the most people on their side, that's who's going to get elected. Right. And so the problem with that is, is you're assuming that the people are all heavily focused on electing leaders that have their best interests in mind mm -hmm. and that they're, educated and aware of what's mm -hmm. going on in the world and know what issues mm -hmm. are important and and they they've identified the problems with society and are able to uh solve them for them so it's like so what the, the politicians do is they play off a couple of the things that hit home not necessarily the most important as far as like life quality but they just they just they just stick on some topics that hit home and then just grab mm -hmm. those people through a couple topics that hit home instead of what it should be, well, I guess it's hard to say what it should be, but like what seems like it would be better is if, you know, you had, it's like, I almost believe like if, if we went more toward like a meritocracy where it's like, you look at, okay, well, um, we need people elected that have proven their competence and also have proven like their knowledge of the world and how to get things mm -hmm. done but it's like how do you test for that mm -hmm. and how do you get the voters to vote for people like that it's so mm -hmm. it's so complicated it's such a complicated mm -hmm. 
issue and well, the, it's, it's the... so entrenched and it's and like i mean i don't know if there's ever been a better governmental system that we have now like it's not perfect but it's like pretty good it's pretty good it's 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 got some major flaws well they um i mean you think about when the founders are trying to set this up you can see where they ran into the same conversation we're having yeah is where they say okay well let's have a democracy and a democracy means everybody votes and then you do what 51 percent want or 51 percent of the voters want to do and then they go well you know, we can see how that's a problem. Then you get a mob mentality like we're seeing now. And if it was a democracy, dude, and we could vote on our phones on every single thing, it would be a mess because we, because the people, the, the tyranny groups, like of we the just majority. Exactly. Well, we, like, it's exactly what we run into. And so they go, okay, so that's not going to work. Okay, we'll do a democratic republic. So you vote for the people and then they make the decisions uh, because they're educated. And those are these are Hopefully. these are good I mean, people I who can see, make that's, see, that doesn't that's the goal. <laughs> that's <laughs> the goal, the goal right? though. And then they said, "Well, how do we stop populism?" Because the founders, dude, they were having they're so smart. It's hard to even understand how smart they were. Like, the, well, they the, read their history, I, man. They did, and there's a dude, they well, they saw tyranny, they saw, and they had the history, and they these are ed- very educated people in a, in a time when it was hard to be educated. In 1700s, it's not like it was all this information was readily available. Like having a library was significant. <laughs> you were loaded if you had more than 10 books. And, and they were, you know, but, but, so they, they go, okay, well, they go, well, a lot of people aren't educated. And back then they really weren't because people had news, like maybe one newspaper. And that's kind of what they figured out. And a lot of people were uneducated. They didn't even have a public education system. So a lot of people were just kind of farmers and just kind of didn't even really know what was going on. So then they make the, 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 uh, the delegate system where they have, where they have the, uh, gosh, what is it called again? Uh, the delegate. The electoral college. The electoral college. So they invent the electoral college. And then the idea being that these are the people who are going to be educated, well-read, and then they're going to see the votes of the people. And then they're basically, if the votes of the people are going towards the populist, these educated voters are then going to disagree with the populace. Say, hey, you guys are, you guys are, this, this is not the right move. You guys are just uneducated. So I'm voting opposite. And so it's like sort of a, a guard against uh, populist leaders. The tyranny of the majority. Sorry, it's like one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's that from? I don't even know. I just feel like I've heard it. Uh, I, I think it's just a, majority i was looking it up right now okay but yeah yeah and so against the tyranny majority and i and so and so these these checks and balances are pretty good but i think what happens is you know it's you you just run into where the system isn't working you know because the delegates electoral college wants to kind of go with what everybody else wants and then there's your check and balance that's gone. And then you get politicians who are career politicians where their whole job is to just be liked by most, by the plurality of people, of voters. And it's like, that's not necessarily a good thing. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's, I mean, well, I mean, okay. It's hard to come up with anything better. So that's, not, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. so that's where it's like, that's where I think you need to be. I, I'm always careful about being a critic 
Well, that's okay. That's usually why I'm I'm I I, I typically am a staunch advocate for. Hmm, how do I say this? I'm very skeptical of any decisions that are about just absolutely tearing things down. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there are some things I advocate for like tearing things down, but if they were, that were actually to happen, it's like, it needs to be much more nuanced because mm-hmm. like, yeah, like our system's not perfect, but like, I mean, it's, it works pretty well. And to really identify why it's not perfect and to come up with a better solution mm-hmm. that actually makes it better and not worse mm-hmm. is just very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's like, you gotta be, what do they say? There's two ways that you can like improve the world around you, right? The one, one is to, well, the easy way is to point out the flaws in society and tear things down that are bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the easy way out. Right. Cause it takes a lot less, to, it takes a lot less energy to destroy something does than it does to create something. Mm-hmm. And the other way to improve society is to like, is, is to build something that's good. Mm-hmm. And right now it's like, we have an influx of people that just want to come through and, pick apart society but not Mm -hmm. contribute and build Mm -hmm. and it's like you just you can't have that you need i don't know i think it's like it's a requirement to and you just need to do it in your own world it's not like you need to do anything grand just like you know make your own make the world that you live in directly around your family your home make Mm -hmm. that shit beautiful make it great make it functioning and make it sustainable it's like Mm -hmm. like Start, that is that's how you contribute to the world and if we just have more, everyone's doing that it's like a lot of these other problems go away and become less important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree i think i think the only way i think the really the only way forward and the way out of this mob mentality for one i think it's just i mean i am completely off all social media platforms except instagram so that we can post stuff about our podcast i don't consume what's on there and then Snapchat, so I can. There's just some, certain friends that just they want to communicate through Snapchat, so do that. But I'm an advocate because I I believe with social media, if you don't look at it, it can't hurt you. Is how I is how I feel about it. Where people get so worried about what someone's going to say on social media, well, don't look at it. <laughs> don't look at it. And so I think the way forward really is one: get yourself outside of the mob rage, the tyranny of the majority, and remove yourself at least a little bit social media. And then two, if you want to see change, take real action and go to and talk to the people you believe are causing the problem and have a conversation, like take actual action, not online action. You want a problem to be solved, take real action. Yeah. Yeah. But I think well, that's a good think, place uh, to stop. It's a good episode. Again, if you're listening, uh, we do have a Patreon page. We're going to be getting stuff on there soon. Uh, please give it a please check it out. It's a world's best podcast with that Jack and Reno Patreon page. And uh, yeah, anything else to add, Reno? No, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much.